0: hello and welcome to the potters podcast today we've got a very special guest played under Johan boskamp and tony pulis he's belgian international at the same time played 22 caps for belgium if you haven't guessed it it's the legendary right back carl hoofkins I'm today joined by, as always, Mark from Stuttgart. Hello. And soon we'll be interviewing Carl Hufkins, a great first guest, first footballer onto the podcast. Things are improving. Let's hope he's got plenty (laughs) to say. Let's hope he has got plenty (laughs) to say. So, hello, and welcome to the Potters Podcast, Carl Hufkins. How are you today? I'm uh, very good, thank you. I'm very good. How are you doing at the moment with isolation and the coronavirus, are you keeping well? Yeah, it's going uh, not too bad uh, due to the circumstances. Uh, it's, it's not an easy time uh, for nobody at the moment, but I think it's also a little bit good that you can spend time at
1: home and that you have to make time for, for other things. Uh, over here in Belgium, we can still uh, go to work. So that's a big difference. Um, with England, I heard, um, so we can still do like paperwork, uh, prepare trainings for for next season, and everything. So we can we can well try to keep ourselves busy.
0: Yeah, well over here we are all in isolation, so we can't really um, do anything at the moment. We're all stuck in our houses, trying to think you do. I mean, how are you coping without yeah. the football? Uh, well, uh, over here in Belgium, we we still don't know what's going to happen. Um uh, in england uh, they have an objective they still want to play i heard uh, over here now the government has said like uh, until the 31st of july nothing no people cannot do sports so football is, uh, is definitely included well it's, it's maybe it's a shame but i think it's, it's the right thing to do and then afterwards we will see uh, we can just prepare for the next season uh, and hopefully by then the situation will be a lot clearer. Yeah, well I'm, I'm hoping you're keeping well and everybody's keeping safe over there. It's, it's a yeah. tough time at the moment, isn't it? And so we'll just go into your football time now when you come to Stoke. I mean you were signed by Johan Boskamp yes. in 2005. I mean, how did that come about? It's a bit of an odd one. Stoke were to their own side then, like they are now. How did it come about joining Stoke?
1: Well, it was always my dream to, to play in England since I was a small boy then suddenly uh, Johan Boskamp, who I knew from Belgium, not very well I have to say, but uh, he was a, he was a b- quite a big uh, big manager in Belgium, he managed Anderlecht, he had good successes with uh, with Anderlecht before, so he was uh, a known manager in Belgium. I did quite well in in at that time, uh, we just won the cup, and then uh, he contacted me and he said like, are you ready? To, to, to show yourself in England, and that was actually all I needed. Uh, Stoke was not very uh, famous at that time, but I did have heard from Stoke before because he was uh, massive uh, earlier on. Uh, I had heard of uh, of all the, the big names that were there, like uh, Gordon Banks and uh, all all the players there. Uh, Sir Stanley Matthews and, and the, the football in England is like like massive, and then for me it was like. A big thing if i could if i could go there and from the first moment i arrived in stoke he was like the the, the guy stuart i can still remember him like very well uh he came picking me up with his old old beamer like like he said he was a white big beamer and i was like all right uh, here we go i was nothing posh nothing fancy and uh, i was impressed by the style the family style they they, they invited me to the club and uh, from then, um, whenever I had a question, I could ask Sandy, who was like sitting behind a desk. So I felt really, really at home from the first minute.
0: First question though, did you ever have an oat cake?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, still, I, still, I still really like them. And sometimes I ask uh, friends to send them over
0: even. Hey, what's your favourite topping if you've got to have one? <laughs>
1: uh, I like cheese. Oh,
0: I like cheese with uh, the tomatoes. Oh, that's nice.
1: Put mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <we laughs> <have, laughs> a little bit
0: of bacon like on it. Like <laughs> <say. you> know. <laughs> not, not if you do KT classes, <laughs> not <like> bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of bacon as well. Sometimes I like them with, uh, with jam
1: eater, so I'll eat them
0: with jam. Jam, that's a different one. You were signed by Johan Boskamp, who, let's be honest, was a very flamboyant character. Was he is flamboyant Cindy when he was coaching and training or was he was he normal? Oh yeah yet? he was, yeah he was. Uh, for me he was even even funnier
1: I think because his English was not very good and uh, because I, I, I spoke English and I spoke Dutch I, I, I always knew what he wanted to say but nobody else understood him so he was talking basically Dutch with an English accent. Uh, and for me, it was hilarious, so I had to translate it a lot of times to, to the players. And I can remember when we, we went uh, to eat something with the whole team. Uh, he was trying to explain something, but well, nobody understood him and uh, we had a few drinks and he still tried and he was he was just well he was he was really 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 funny and then uh, yeah. Michael Duberry started laughing with him and anyway he, he went towards Michael but he was a very strong guy so he took Michael with his with his neck and he really pulled him off the floor and then uh, well we had a great laugh it was a very very nice evening.
0: So I was going to say about uh, the culture change did you find it easy coming to Stoke because of course he yeah. played in Belgium at the time so you know, coming to yeah, playing English football. I think, if for me the most important thing was the, the connection I felt straight away. I think
1: Stoke is is a bit the same like uh, the teams I I have been uh, in Belgium. That's why I connected uh, straight away really well with them. Um, it's like hardworking people. They like to graft. They like to work for something they they want to own and the football club was something they they owned you know uh, uh, even even in those times when, when the results were not amazing uh, even before I came um, and then still they showed up still there was like that special atmosphere in the stadium nobody liked to come there nobody liked to to, to come there and it's still, it's, still, it's still like a saying even in Belgium we know the saying now like yeah but can you do it on a cold windy night in, uh, in Stoke on a, on a Tuesday or you know so it, it, it's it's the connection I had straight away with the neighbors as well. Um, so I felt straight away connected with the fans from the first game I played. And, and it's actually never, never left. Um, I still have loads of friends uh, like Bernie, Shaq, uh, you know, uh, Daryl. So I, I, I still know, know a lot of people in East Oak even when it's been a really long time ago.
0: So you, you connected well with the area, because I mean, to be honest, Stoke fans took to you straight away. I mean, how did that feel to have that, where the Stoke fans took to you? Because, I mean, you came with a lot of players, I think Junior, and they didn't...
1: No, it was, for me, it, it's like I say, I think it, it, was, it was definitely from both sides. I felt uh, I felt really happy with the way they treated me. I tried to give them, like, a lot back. I always gave 100% as well. They, they appreciated it. Um, they also liked uh, a little bit of... How do you say that? Like, like, like style—a little bit of flair, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a bit of combination of the of the boat. I, I loved it to, to play uh, on the far side of, of the stadium, so I could attack towards the Buden end. And I said this a lot of times as well. Even now, when when we speak about uh, Asian games, whenever I came there, one against one with uh, with the left fullback or with the left winger, if he if he tracked me down, well, then then I always won the, the, the one against one. Because if I couldn't beat him, I fell over. The fans, they went ballistic and the referee, he always gave a fall. <laughs> or I skipped past him. So for me, that was, that was the connection I had in that corner was, was just, it was like one of a kind, 100%.
0: So going to the rest of the players then, who was the player that was the most funniest? Who was the one that made you laugh the most? Well, I think we had a really funny, funny squad. I think Peter Sweeney was like
1: hilarious. Uh, Michael, he was, he was fun. Even uh, Steve Simonson, he had his own dry, dry humor. So uh, Rick, Ricardo Fuller. Yeah, we, we had a really, really nice squad. We we really did a lot of stuff together as well. When we had a drink, we went together. We didn't go like in little groups. When we we went golf or something or something something else. I I couldn't play golf, but I always want to be there. So. That says something about uh, a, a group of players, and uh, that was something typical for Stoke as well. Also, when we traveled away, it was always good atmosphere on the on the on the coach. It was always nobody has something against other people or something. So it was uh, that's why I say as well. It's a time for me. There was really not a lot of things
0: wrong. It was it was just just very very cool times. That's sort of a problem we've had at Stoke in mean, the last few years. Yeah, it's having good got clicks. Yeah, we've had too many clicks, haven't we? With certain players. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have mentioned Ricardo Fuller there because I think he signed around the same time as you. When yeah. you were there, weren't you? Yeah. When when he first came, did you ever expect him to go on to become the legendary player he did for Stoke at that time? Could you see? No, the the
1: thing is, when he came, he had a lot of troubles uh, because I played the first season. I played against him when he was in Southampton. He played up front there together with uh, Theo Walcott, Um, and I was by then already uh, really, really intrigued by by the way he was playing. But you could see he was not fully fit um and then then so bought him and i thought the first time like well if he's going to be fit he will be a massive asset and the first i think the first couple months he never got really going because his knee was hurting he couldn't train then he had to play people expected a lot from him so he wasn't going his way but then suddenly he was like more becoming part of the group Um, he didn't have to train that much as the other players we we looked after him we were treating him really really nice in training i remember us saying to each other like well if he if he's got the ball just let him let him be you know so and then he's um he's he's he was starting to grow his confidence was, was going higher and higher, and then he just exploded, and and, and yeah. I, and I don't have to tell anybody so what happened, he was just unstoppable, the best uh, Premier League defenders couldn't stop him, if he had his day, and he, more of the times he had his day, he was amazing, and the, and the thing that people forget was, when he didn't have his day, he was still a menace for the defenders, he was working, he was tracking down, he, he was never really shy of, of doing the
0: the, the 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 dirtiest of uh, either, so that that was really really good for us. I never expected it when we signed him before to, from the talks of him he was an injury prone player. Like say he went on to become on his day one of the best players. I think you could play against really. He was a fantastic yeah. player. And and I, I have to say also uh, when
1: he came together with uh, Mama Mama CDB, well he was he was uh, massive as well. I, I know he that. that them times in the beginning he had a little a little bit of stick of the fans because the way he was playing and he couldn't really he had he had difficulties to score a lot of goals but as a striker i would have loved to play next to him as well he won so many duels he so yeah it was one of it was really a team and that was amazing in 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 stoke i think that's what that's one of the best things i remember together with the interaction of the fans that we came on the pitch and we always worked as a team we were not like that gifted we were not amazing but i think the
0: results we we got they were still 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 good definitely so we'll go into that like the the, again the, the team was there anybody there that scared you
1: no no but the thing is when i came first i was I was treated so good, so nice, everybody was amazing, but then, uh, well, I think everybody remembered that game against, uh, I think it was very early on in the season, uh, and it was when uh, when Jerry Tiger took a red card, and uh, from then, I was always a bit wary of, of Jerry. <laughs> I was like, oh, if he goes nuts, I, I don't want to be close to him. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I, I would definitely not have loved to play against him as a striker. Uh, he could be, he could be nasty. He could be, but he had so much quality. He was then already pretty old as a football player. But the stuff he could still do together with, with, with Michael Dubury at that time. He was he was still well, you could see he what he had been like a top, top, top defender.
0: So who would you say was the best player you played with at Stoke at that time? The
1: best player I played with. Um, yeah, I think it was it was Rick Ricardo. I was always like like Clint Hill. He was he was a lot better than, than people people thought he was. Um, I think afterwards he showed as well, he always played, he played for a long time in the, in, the, in the Premier League I think, so as a defender I rated him, I really rated him, and then uh, let me think, well look Chadwick, he was uh, really really good for me to play behind him, because we linked up really well together, so uh, yeah I'd, I'd say those two players, those two players.
0: Well, I, I could go back to like the time when you signed, and I, can, I can remember when you, you signed from from Belgium. And it was like, especially with your wife, who was a famous model at the time, Victoria's yeah. maybe, and you, you were you kind of like, oh Beckham and like <laughs> like Beckham and Victoria, like like. I mean, I think you were given that um, name tag as well. Did did you appreciate that, or did you think it was a bit of a a bit of a joke? No,
1: I. Well, to be fair, it, this was nothing that i really bothered about uh, i never really read uh, newspapers or i never really uh, bothered what people said uh, on and off the pitch because in belgium it's it's even worse you know uh, it's a smaller country uh, if you're a football player there you're even more in the picture so uh, um well I, I was a little bit used to it that people like to talk but for me it was just the most important thing was that my wife and my kids were happy and they they were from the first first moments. Still this day, uh, my daughter and my son say they are English, so uh, English is still their main language. They never changed this. Um and, and for me for me I just wanted to be happy on the pitch. I want to be happy when I went to went to training. I want to have a connection with the fans and, and the players and for the rest, yeah. What people wrote or what people said. I didn't really, really care.
0: Massive fan persona at Stoke. I mean I'll I'll, I'll be honest, I was a massive fan myself. I can remember having the shirt with your name on the back and uh, yeah, you, 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 I can remember because you, you were a player that we hadn't seen before at Stoke. Because for years and years we had players that were like dogged, graphic like grafters that didn't really have any flair or quality, and then all of a sudden you came in and I can remember, I can remember you, you never missed a penalty for Stoke as well. You were a bit of a penalty taker as well, free kicks. You yeah, I was a bit until Danny came in. Yeah, I mean you've got a hundred percent record for Stoke. I think we're crying out for you now at the moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's. it's
1: it's like it's like you say and, and that's why uh, it's always been like a, a hard subject for me um, the way I left and why I left uh, all my friends they asked me and, and if you ask me now because my I had still like a very good career I'm happy with everything I did but that was actually the only time I I made like a massively wrong decision uh, it was a little bit emotional at that moment because I had like a few fights with with Tony Pulis, just in the period before with Bromwich Albion, they, they they came around, and and I shoot, and and that's the only time that I regret making a choice of a team, and I never really felt at home in West Bromwich either Although we had a good season, I had a good season, I was in the team of the year and everything, but I never felt the same, the same vibe, the same way I wanted to go uh, on the pitch and stuff like that. Um, so for me, that's that's still till now, with all the decisions that I've made, that's the, that's the worst decision I've ever made. And, and it's, it's easy now to say this, because I'm talking with people of Stoke, but it's, it's something I say to, to everybody, or even, even some West Brom, uh, West Brom fans, they, they came to watch a game in Bruges, and I even said it to them. Um, it was never really a, a, a perfect match. And till this day, I believe if I, if I would have stayed then in Stoke, that I would have played for at least uh, 5,
0: 6, 7, 8 years more in Stoke. I'm I'm pretty sure about that. We wish you had.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I do as well, so
0: yeah. (laughs) So for people who don't know much about what happened between you and Tony Pulis, what what did occur? What is that, sorry? For people who didn't know, because of course it was a long time ago, it was 15 years ago when you played for Stoke. Can you go into what, what happened between you and Tony Pulis?
1: No, I, I, I built something up. Uh, I think during uh, the post-camp uh, period, uh, I was very offensive. I knew I had sometimes a little bit of difficulties in my back when I played against a very good winger, who had a very good individual action. I knew this, but I always gave the team a lot in support. I think I gave a lot of assists, I scored a few goals and everything. So I. I, I could uh, contribute something else in the a team, they, they they knew this. So when I went, Michael Dewberry came a little bit to the right, Clint Hill came a little bit more, and Danny came a little bit more. So we played actually a little bit more, with, with, with almost three centre-halves. And uh, when, when when Pulis came, uh, that changed a little bit. He expected um, like uh, an 80-20, 80% defensive and 20% attacking. And uh, the first season it didn't really well I think the first the first month it didn't really go well. Um, I had a lot of talks with him. Um, we, we had different thoughts. Um, it was very very hard for me at that time to, to, to do my well, not to do my 100% best, but to understand what he really wanted. Uh, I was not the right back that he had in mind. He wanted somebody to that, that won every header, that could tackle all the time, and, and he didn't ask something like contribution. So we had a lot of discussions about it. And then um, I think this, this changed because uh, he, he saw also, that I, that I was always trying to work hard on training. When it was a running exercise, I was always in the top so many, in the top 10 or five, um, well, not 10, five or three. And um, he, he started to appreciate this. And then um, he put me right winger uh, in a 4, four 2 flat. And, and that worked really well. And by that time, uh, I think it was in November, I started to play right wing. And um, then we, we really got well together. Uh, then, then it something changed uh, and the season went on and on and on so I was really happy with how the season ended and then the preseason started again we were in, in Swiss and uh, he said like uh, in I think in a newspaper or on television he said then like I, uh, I, I just want more defensive style of players uh, I want to have this player and this player and this player then we talked again and then he said like well You did really well last year, but this season uh, I cannot guarantee you of your spot in the team. And I'm not very sure how this will work out and everything. So then I started thinking. Uh, I also felt like the confidence in me dropped a little bit as well. Uh, Not that I really care because I never needed the approval of a manager. But then suddenly West Bromwich came. And they said like yeah we really want you we really want you tony mowbray talked to me said like yeah, yeah i want more flair in the team i want all good footballers if we want to play football and this and this so the story of of tony mowbray compared to to tony pulis it was a bit big difference but then i, I said i was talking to my friends in elizabeth as well i said to 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 bernie and everything well, what should you do what was the best thing to do i really don't know i really don't know and then i think the the preseason game started there was something in the game and he was not good and and we had to do running and he was shouting and and i said to him like well but if you don't want us to play football then it's very hard to beat teams like this because if you play against lower leagues in the beginning of the season you want to go head up against them and you want to outplay them physically you're never going to be the best team because they are used to playing physically and then we had like a big discussion about this as well and then I, I said to myself, like maybe, maybe the best thing, because I don't want to do all the discussions anymore, maybe the best thing is just, just to go and, and go to, to a manager who has like 100% confidence in you. Um, the moment I signed, I had another talk with him and this was actually the, the best talk I had ever had with him. Uh, I also expressed uh, my, my, my absolute respect to him because the way he was a coach, he was a manager, the way he treated players was in general very, very good. Uh, it was just a way of playing that we disagreed upon, and, and that can happen. Uh, we are all professionals, so it's, it's always possible that you have different uh, opinions, opinions and different views. Uh, and, and he actually showed after, after I left that I was right, that he's like... That he was a very, very, very good manager, that he could uh, make a team towards uh, could make a team play like exactly the way he wanted them to play. so I still still have well loads of respect for him. Um, I walked into him. I think in holi- on holiday, like two or three years ago, we had an amazing talk, we had a great chat, uh, and I said to him again, like, well, the respect I have for the manager that you have been and become, it's, it's just unreal, so nothing is still there, but it was just a shame it happened like that in that period, so I still still really regret it. I should have said like, oh, fuck it, I'm, I'm oh, sorry, I can't say that. Yeah, you can,
0: you can, yeah, it's right. a podcast, you can, yeah. Yeah, it's a podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about swear. We've made mistakes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should have said, "Oh well, I don't want to. I
1: don't want to go. I just go on. I keep my head down at work." But at that time, it was too emotionally, and, and I, I made the wrong decision. It's the first. Uh, it was, it was basically the first one I made, and afterwards, I, it never happened again. And it happened afterwards again when I had to leave uh, when I wanted to leave West Bromwich. I could choose for a team for the money and I could choose for a team in Belgium with loads of ambitions. I chose for the latter and, and it only turned out well so well that was the, the, the story about, uh, about Pulis and me
0: I think. To be honest, like I know a lot of stone fans including myself didn't want you go at that time. I thought you were the best player and I can remember a lot of time that we missed a player like you, your creativity on the bottom end and do you think he just didn't understand you as a player? Well, maybe. Well, I have to say on
1: the, on the pitch I had a bit of a, of a weird mind, I think I was not the easiest player to manage, um, and I mean like, well, well tactically, if you want a, a right back that can just sit deep and, and defend, well, I, I just couldn't do that. Um, it was just about my qualities I knew I couldn't do this so I had to take my winger down the pitch and I had to make uh, actions and assists and I had to be dangerous over there so the other team they couldn't couldn't threaten me in in, uh, in my weakness um, so I could understand completely uh, the way he saw it and 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 understand as well maybe I was not just not good enough to play for him on that position so no i I, I never I never had. Bad feelings towards him. I just couldn't understand it because I saw the season before and I saw also then afterwards that if you could set a team a little bit towards it, that that it was that he could be very effective. Um, but it was never personal. Definitely not. Definitely not. He
0: fell out with
1: other players, to <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> he fell out
0: with a lot of players but in in ways like that, and I think at times he has his own worst enemy for things like that so i mean you went on to west brom how did you find the fans of west brom compared to stoke fans
1: well first of all i don't think you you can compare them um i never had a bad relationship with them but i missed the times that i could go on the wing and actually did it more in west brom i think i gave a lot more assists. i was doing more actions because the way the team played um but I never had that connection uh, in West Brom, which I had with the Stoke fans, and and that was something who was what was very very important for me, definitely for the way I wanted to play. So yeah, from the first moment, I I didn't have the same feeling. I did perform well, uh, I did good, but. Uh, for me, because I was still living in Stoke, I was still feeling uh, a lot uh, the Stoke vibe. I felt also already a little bit like like somebody from Stoke. All my neighbors were Stoke fans. All the people I knew were Stoke fans, uh, and they still stayed my friends. I never never changed friends, obviously. So for me, it was a very weird weird time. Uh, the first year, we we became and we actually went up together with Stoke towards the, the Premier League. So we were champions, and I think Stoke was second. Um, and and um, I was really, well, for me, it was like, I was almost more happier for Stoke than, than being champions with West Bromwich. Um, so that was all, all season long, it was a very, very weird. Also, I remember when we had to come down to Stoke, uh, that's one of the only games in, in my career, I, I was thinking about faking an injury. Not because I was scared of Stoke, but just because I, i just couldn't couldn't manage the the feelings i had you know it's it's just very very weird and you could say like these mentally uh, weak or or stuff like that but for me it was a place that they took me from the beginning and now they had to be like like not nice to me you know and for me it was the same it, it, and that was very weird for me so for me that's, that's basically one of the weirdest games in in, in in my career and I think I played really really bad as well that game so
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that was not on purpose by the way <laughs> I don't think I
0: to I, I like play against them <laughs> I, I, don't, I, think, I think he's just being finger there I think he meant play well <laughs> 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 So I mean, speaking of the fans, though. So when you made your, your debut against Sheffield Wednesday on the first first game yeah. of the season, yeah. did the fans shout to you straight away how special we are?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, it was it was at the beginning. It was a very weird game. Sheffield Wednesday. They came up from the from the League One. Uh, so they had a lot of I remember they had loads of fans with them as well uh, first game of the season we had a good team we we were sure that we could do something that season and stuff like that so a lot of fans turned up I remember it was a very nice sunny day um, I, I, I think I can remember the whole day uh, I was waking up I was talking to my neighbour I was like really really curious how he would be and everything um, towards the drive to the same you could feel already the atmosphere very early on a lot of fans were already around the stadium and stuff like that. Uh, and then we went out and it was not an easy game. I think we got a red card as well. And um, I think it was 1-1. at 1-1 or, yeah, I think uh, Kevin Harper, he missed a penalty uh, at the end when I went through the on the sideline and I did like a little trick. Uh, we got a penalty then and then Harper missed it and I think we drew 1-1. But from that moment, well, I, I just... Every time I could play uh, play in Stoke, it was it was just, like just amazing. As the same when I could come back from the for the charity game for for Andy, uh, that was that was an amazing moment moment as well. So, um, well, it's still it's still there, hundred percent.
0: Have you got any good memories on the pitch as being a Stoke player?
1: I only have good memories.
0: Hey, what, only. What's your favourite memory of playing in the Stoke shade? What's the best game you played? Oh,
1: I think I played a lot of good games.
0: Oh you did definitely did. <laughs> I'm just just trying to get your favorite what the pops in your mind is your favorite game you played. No, it, it's just I remember a game in, in, in
1: Preston where I was playing right winger and, and well you have those games that you see in the eyes of your opponent, the left back of the other team, that whenever you get the ball, they run back and they are scared. And he was like the perfect example. Um uh, I said to him as well during the game, I think you're going to go off, you're not going to get substituted, but I think you're just going to shout to the manager, like get me off here. And then the second half after 20 minutes, he went like, yeah, he he had it. So those memories are are pretty cool ones. Um, In the Britannia, I think, well, uh, every time, basically every game uh, I was playing and I was playing towards, I said it before, when I was playing towards the wooden end, towards the corner there. Um, well, every time I had the ball, I felt so confident that I, I could take on anybody. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's, every game I could play for So was... was I, I, I don't think I played a lot of bad games either. Maybe I did some stupid stuff uh, <laughs> and, and maybe I wasn't always like the best one against one. Uh, and when I played against the good winger, I could hear also on the fans like, Oh my God, here he goes again. But uh, I could always put something right when I when, when I had the ball myself. So yeah, it was it was just a good atmosphere and it was just wow. I, I can't really remember one game that I said like yeah, that was like
0: the best. Well, I mean, you definitely had more than one one good game because you won Player of the Year in your first season. I mean, that must have been a great honor. Yeah, hundred well, percent.
1: For me, I, I, that, that's something I can still remember as well. Before of the last, before the last game, I could hold the trophy just in front of the boot and in that corner exactly. Uh, I remember my son, who was then very small, was with me as well. So, yeah, those are memories I will never forget. And 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 for those memories, I will always be like amazingly. Grateful for for, uh, for all the Stoke fans because the, the the thrill they gave me that was that was special and I only had this uh, again when I played in Bruges uh, um, after West Bromwich I went to Club Bruges and there I had the same feeling uh, I had the same connection with uh, with the fans and everything um, but but those two teams that's why they are so they have been and they are so important in 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 basically well. Almost in my life, eh? Because uh, football is uh, is has been a long thing of my life, and then you you don't forget uh, the the best stuff. Um, you rather forget the, the, the bad things and everything, but the good things I think you never never forget.
0: Would you have Would you ever consider coaching in England if the opportunity came up and maybe at Stoke? Well,
1: I think does it seem like uh, like a football player. I'm now, I'm head of the, well, Academy uh, in, in Bruges. Uh, we have the best, well, I think we have the best one in Belgium. Uh, it's not because I have something to say in this. Uh, and I'm also uh, assistant uh, assistant coach for the first team. And we had this year uh, an amazing season. We played Champions League, uh, we drew in Real Madrid, we, we, we played uh, PSG, we, we lost, unfortunately, against uh, Man United. Uh, but we had a very, very good season. And even in, in those games in, in, in Manchester, I knew it was not very far from Stoke and stuff like that. So, yeah, if I if once one one day uh, I might I might uh, I might return to Stoke. Uh, I always when when I was there, I spoke a lot with uh, with Noah Blake, uh, who was then head of the academy. We had a very good connection as well. And 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 from that day, um, he was working to to make the academy. He, uh better and better and i still and i think now you you have reached a, a decent a decent le- like no, more than a decent level in academy uh, i think also um the way people around stoke uh, think work um, um it is just a, a very good i don't know how you say this like breeding ground or for for talent i don't think uh, enough players uh, from the stoke area have come through, I think this this could this could definitely go up. So that could be uh, maybe one day in my life that could be like an ambition. Uh, I still have my house there as well. So um, it's it's all possible. It's all possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, we welcome you back definitely. Uh, especially at the moment, we, we could do with a nippy little right back who can <laughs> take on a I mean,
1: do you, do you still
0: follow uh, Stokes' results and?
1: What yes, every game. every game. Every game. For Because of I'm coach now as well, well we have all the programs to see uh, different leagues and we can go towards to all games and everything. So I always uh, have followed Stoke, I've seen why it went wrong this season or what has come, 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 come better and stuff like that. It was one of those seasons, it was very, very hard. I think one stage I thought, oh no, they're going to do Sunderland here. But fortunately, uh, they have been able to turn things a little bit around. Um, And and I think it will be just safety this year. But you never know what's going to come. Next year is another year. Uh, I think it's always very dangerous to play in the Champions Championship with a lot of players with uh, experience in the Premier League. It's just two different leagues, it's just a different kind of football. Um, and you could see down the teams that went up this year. Uh, I don't think quality-wise they are better than Stoke. Definitely not. But you have to be one group. If you're not one group and you play in the championship, that's where the difference comes. Because it's a grafting league. It's a league where uh, the going gets stuff uh, counts more than in the Premier League. It's more about quality in the Premier League. And you have to uh, open games quality-wise. But in the championship, it's 48 games. And you have to go 100%, 90 minutes in every game and that with with 11 players and if there's two players who are not going 100 percent the other ones have to go 110 percent and the other ones uh, say like oh no not today then you have no chance whoever you play against wherever you play you, you don't have a chance. And I think that's what happened with, with soak uh, for a long, long spell in this season. Um, you cannot just count on quality. Uh, you have to work hard. You have to, you have to do the, the, the best stuff as well. So, uh, but I'm really happy. Uh, I think, well, uh, now with the Corona, it's a, bit, it's a bit weird as well with the COVID-19, but uh, next year um, they, they could go for, for winning the championship
0: definitely like things have gone wrong as, as pretty much every Stoke fan and even probably yourself knows do you have faith that Michael O'Neill is the right man now for Stoke,
1: then? well it's very very hard to say because I can only see the way they play uh, to, to um, appre- appreciate or to talk bad about the manager I think uh, you have to know him uh, you have to know the, exactly how he treats players, how he talks to players, what are the things he says, and, and, and I think he turned things around. And I think it was very hard because there was a bit of a weird atmosphere in the group, I think. Uh, once you start losing games in the championship, it goes very fast. Um, if you cannot bounce back in the championship, uh, you have big problems. Uh, and that's what happens. Uh, you gone into a bad spell, and and then I think it's also up to everybody that believes in in a club that goes with a club. Um, I think um, what I could see from a distance. Um, I was playing in Stoke, and the, it was it was a, well not very good times amazing times, it was not Champions, It was not uh, Premier League or nothing, but the people that turned up, it was about 18, 17,000, 16, 19, it depended, sometimes a little bit more, uh, but all those people in the stadium, they were going 100%. percent i never been booed, we played bad games, really, we played bad games, we <laughs> lost bad games, but I've never ever been booed in Stoke, ever. And then, Something changes with the football club. You go to the Premier League, you get a lot of new fans, and they are only used of winning games, and they're only thinking, "Ah, this is this is amazing," and and from there you become the loudest stadium in in England, and that's like hundred percent deserved because I know how them twenty thousand can be, and imagine there is ten thousand more, it's gonna be a very very noisy place that can scare a lot of teams, but the moment it goes bad as well, I think it's. It's, it's it's a small percentage that turns a little bit around against the team, I would not say, but they go a little bit frustrated. They go a bit bad, they go, you know, and and, and then it's very hard as a club to turn this spell around. So for me, it's just like Stoke fans there, they, they they are, the, well, one of the... I think they are the best fans in England, definitely, um, because of my connection with them as well. But I think it's also their task uh, the next season just to be there for the team from the first minute. And in a championship, you can lose the first five games, nothing would happen, nothing happens. It's, it's 48 games and it's just the strongest team at the end who can perform the most average good. They will go up, simple, simple. It's the, it's the most straightforward competition. And it's something you've got to do with everybody. It's from the chairman who's done an amazing job. Also now I've seen things with the COVID-19. My appreciation for the family only grew massively. It's also for the fans, they have to be there for the team, they have to support them for the team and then it's the players, they have to give the fans something, they have to give 100% every game with 11 players and if there's one player who doesn't want to do this, he's got to go out of the team, simple. We need Stoke, not way but Stoke, they need players with, with, with like, like mentality. In the championship, that can work 90 minutes, but then you have to have players with a little bit of extra things. They want to work 100% for the team as well, and that's the only way you can get out of the championship. And if they have everything, they have everything. They have a chairman that backs the manager. They have a good manager, I think. They have a good squad of players. They have to invest a little bit in this, but then, then the sky is the limit for Soak. I don't say they will become, they will become uh, the Champions League places in in a few seasons, but I think they have to become top 10 every year in the Premier League. That's, that's,
0: that's got to be the aim. I think things have improved now since Michael O'Neill have come in. Yep. The, the squad has yep. massively improved. It's definitely, definitely, definitely has. But what I wanted to say to you is, out of the current squad now, is there anybody impressing you now? Well, I
1: think uh, I was always, well, for me, I think um, still Ryan Ryan he, he had a hard season. For me that was a bit the missing link. He's been out uh, for a while, but as a defender, I think he was I, I think he was one of the best in England. as a captain as well, he's got to stand up and he's got to show that he's the man and, and he's got to be the man that everybody can follow
0: yeah he's a fantastic player Ryan am you, yep. you just missed out on playing him he came the season after you left in tier time yeah absolutely season that's been going on who would you say is player of the year oh. <laughs> for stoke it's, it's i i don't see
1: basically i don't think one player really really deserves to become uh Player of the season, but I've well, I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of good players. I see, I thought Tomins, for example, he's, he's, he's got something special. It's very very hard to say one player. Uh, he, also with the goalkeepers, I I was like not impressed by by Butland, but I know his quality. So I think next year, for example, he can he can be just well back to England and back to wherever he deserves to be. But but this season he he didn't do well or, or he wasn't lucky or he was you know and and that's that's very very weird for me. I have I like Campbell for me. He, he's a, he's a good player. You know. Also of course uh, Thibaut Verlinden. Uh, he's definitely not players of season because he didn't play enough. But I think he can become next season a very very good good player for for uh, for Stoke. So. Um, it's, it's very hard to say as a player of the season because the team didn't really play well, uh, it was very hard, the defence was not very solid, so no, I, I couldn't say one,
0: but I think you have a, a lot of chance to have a lot of uh, next year. Tyrese Campbell, a player, I don't know about you, but he, he reminds me a little bit of Ricardo Fuller. In the way yeah, he, he does. moves and runs, and you can't forget—he's only, I think, he's from '99, so he's only 20 years old. Yeah, he's and, young uh,
1: right He could hold a future for Stoke if Overlinen is only from '99. He's only uh, 20 years old. So those are the players. I don't know about that defender, that Timon. He's very young as well. Maybe you know there is, there is, a, there is, a, there is something. You have Edwards, who's very young. You have what's the other one? The Irish lads. Hey. They, they got him not long ago. how oh, Nathan um, Collins. Yeah, Collins. Exactly. He's some. He's, he's even younger. So there is there is some talent, and now we have to we have to get like. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were gone. That was <laughs> <laughs> <So> silly. <laughs> so you, you know the, the the future is still there. We just you just have to get like a, a little bit of experience in the team, with with the, with the perfect attitude, and then uh, battle for 48 games and 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 hope. That that everybody can maintain their form for uh, for a long time. Even the fans, they have to go for it for for every single game.
0: Well, you've got a fellow Belgian in the youth you've come through the youth academy who plays around the first team at the moment, and who's sadly yes. injured at the moment, and Thibaut Linden. Do, you know yes, exactly. do you know much? Do you know much about him?
1: Yeah, he comes from Bruges as well. Really. I know his dad very well. He was a legend in Bruges. I, I speak I speak with him quite a lot on WhatsApp or uh, Instagram things. And uh, he's got a lot of qualities. I think he, he plays a little bit, or he can play a little bit like I played. Uh, he's a right fullback, but defensively he's not the absolute best, but he can break things open. Uh, he's fast, he can give assists, uh, he's got an action.
0: So uh, I think next year he will he will do really good for Stoke. Yeah, I agree, I hope, I hope he does really. I mean, he, he looks a, a real talent. But the way, he played in Baltimore. Was very good as well, so yeah, he's got something in him, absolutely. I think he's better a fancy boy. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's more w- winger, creative winger, from yeah. what I've seen on him so far. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's been a fantastic interview, Carl. So before we let you go, though, I want to know what the future holds for Carl Hufkins. Well,
1: uh, next year, uh, try to improve the the academy of Blue uh, Rouge even better. We want to become one, one of the best in Europe, and we are doing well, really well towards that goal. Our first team, of course, in Belgium, we have to be champions. That's the only aim we have, that's the only goal we got. So, after that season, after next season, we will see what happens. Uh, I, it's very hard to see as a coach a long time in the future. Um, but at the moment, I'm, I'm really happy with what I do. Uh, I can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I can do the contract uh, talks with the young players, I can, I can manage them, I can talk with them, I can support them, I can uh, say what's not good, what's good, and I learn also a lot uh, with the best players in Belgium, so um, at the moment I'm just growing as a coach, I give myself a lot of time to grow uh, in this new, uh, new uh, adventure as well and uh, we will see where we get. Uh, as long as I like doing it, as long as I can influence players, as long as I can, can influence a little bit the, the team as well, then I'm a very happy guy. If the family is healthy, and then uh, i got nothing to complain about.
2: Do
0: you ever see yourself maybe moving up as the main manager at Club Brood? <laughs> That's, that's at the moment, it's not a goal. Um, I think if you
1: if you strive for this too much, uh, then it will affect uh, the bond I have now with the current manager. I do everything to support him. Uh, we have a lot of discussions about the team as well, so I have uh, I have a lot to say in this as well. But for me, it's just one goal: is is getting champions. And then after that season, we will see again. And after that season, we will see again. So I'm just uh, trying to get better at this job because it's also a job it's like how can i talk with players how do i how do i have to approach every single player differently how can i make sure we have a great team spirit how can we even like have the relationship with the fans and everything how we all those things are are very very important and all those things are sometimes a little bit forgotten by by some managers but uh, for me um well i i just hope i can become become
0: better and better every day absolutely fantastic uh, interview carl so we want to wish you and your family well well thank you for coming on yeah, thank you very much
1: for talking uh, and giving me all those memories back
0: yeah it's great it's great to hear this is the big reason why we did the Potters podcast was try to get players on from the past yeah. especially myself I mean I was a massive fan of yourself when I was a young lad thank you very much and uh... you're very clever then <laughs> <laughs> well, <should> be again. <laughs> it, it, so again thank you very much for coming on the partners podcast take care take care mate thanks for coming yeah, I on i wish uh, i wish everybody also
1: who's listening uh, the very best uh stay home as long as you have to and support uh, everybody that needs it i think stoke is as uh, a club also is a big example in this. And I think the fans, they, they can also contribute in, in having this uh, very good, uh, how do you say this, uh, um, it's not a marketing thing, but it's like when you when you stand out as a club, even in Belgium, you can see that Soak in England stands out. If you see what all the other teams do and everything, what Soak does in comparison to them, um, keep going like this, everybody was involved and it's just great to see this from a distance. And I hope maybe one day I can become uh, one of those
0: people that work together on a bigger goal as well so thank you for that call we right. definitely appreciates it very good thank you and uh, very nice talking to you guys all the best see you see you later well that's been another great interview thanks for listening find us anywhere soundcloud yeah. facebook twitter, twitter instagram we're everywhere listen to some of his other episodes hope everybody's staying safe thank you general all the best